Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Rodrigo, and right alongside, of course, each and every week is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional, Cindy Miller, and we are the hosts of the Women of Golf Show. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing well. As I was just mentioning off air, uh, getting a little rain down here in, in uh, Florida, and as I know you are up in Buffalo, so I'm going to be glad to, to see this blow on past um you know i'm just getting a little tired of it but it is what it is and it is spring so how about you up in buffalo uh it's raining and 64 degrees <laughs> well it's not too bad it's warm it's warming up so at least and i know you get to practice in the dome uh, on days like this you get to do a lot of your uh teaching and stuff in a dome so it's not too too bad but uh I'm sure you'd like to see a little bit of the sunshine as well. But anyways, we want to thank uh, everybody for, for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf Show. Let me just tell everybody before I bring out our, our very special guest panelists this morning, um, tell everybody a little bit about how they can find us. If you go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf, or just simply type in women of golf and you'll find us there on the main page uh, live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, and for some reason, if you can't join us live, not to worry, you can just visit that link and just scroll down to the on-demand section and all of the previously aired shows and today's show, uh, you can find them there in their entirety under the recorded version. So you can just listen whenever it's convenient for you to tune in. Uh, You can also uh, go to iTunes.com, Stitcher.com, and now TuneIn.com. And again, just type in Women of Golf, and that will take you there on those uh, media platforms if you'd rather listen there. Uh, Also, uh, we update every week on social media. If you go to uh, my personal page, uh, Ted Odorico, and it's O-D-O-R-I-C-O. Uh, you'll find the updates there, or uh, you'll also see it on some of the other pages. Uh, Golf Talk Live, of course, is one of the pages. Uh, you can find us there on Facebook. Uh, also on Twitter, uh, we'll pro- post it there as well, and also on LinkedIn. So a lot of the different social media platforms, uh, you can find us there. So make sure that you uh, check that out, and be sure to tune in every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network. Okay, as I mentioned, we've got a great show for you this morning. We've got two uh, actually fantastic guests. I'm very, very excited to have them. We never had them on together. We've had them independently, but never on together. And let me just tell you a little bit about them, and then we're going to bring them right on to join us for the conversation mm-hmm. this morning. And uh, first up, of course, is Catherine Roberts. She's the founder and president of Catherine Roberts Yoga for Golfers. And she's also uh, with the Gray Institute uh, for Functional Transformation, Applied Functional Science and Chain Reaction Biomechanics. Uh, she's also certified in Fellow of Applied Functional Science uh, with the Gray Institute and also Functional Manual uh, Reaction with the Gray Institute. She's also Czech Golf Biomechanics certified and yoga certification for over 20 years now. Uh, she's also uh, Power Pilates Advanced certified and Nike Swish 
uh, elite athlete and advisory staff member, and she's also an honorary director of the PGA of Canada. Uh, also joining us this morning is Karen Palacios Jansen, who's an LPGA master teaching professional, and she's also the vice president of the LPGA teaching and club professionals. Uh, she's also AFAA uh, certified personal and group trainer, as well as a certified Pilates trainer and Nike golf uh, performance specialist. Uh, she was also the 2008 LPGA National Teacher of the Year and has been voted as one of America's top professionals and top 50 best women teachers by Golf, Des- uh, golf Digest magazine. So without further ado, let me welcome uh, both uh, Catherine Roberts and Karen Palacios Jansen. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Hey, good morning. All right. Um, so we're going to talk about this morning, ladies, uh, we're going to talk about golf fitness, uh, obviously, is the topic. And one of the reasons why we want to do this is to, you know, certain areas of the country and, and around the world, of course, they're just starting to get into their golf season now, especially up in the northeastern part of the United States and even in parts of Canada. Uh, some of them have had a little bit of an opportunity to get out there and swing the club a few times. But we want to make sure, you know, that everybody kind of gets in, in good uh, golf shape, if you will, for the season. So, Catherine, we're going to start with you a little bit. and Maybe you can talk about, and then, and then Karen, I want you to, to jump in as well. Uh, let's start off the conversation with a little bit about the, the swing and the body connection and why it's important uh, to sort of sync those two together. Well, first of all, thanks for having us on. And this is also, it's always great to be on with you and Cindy. And Karen and I are very good personal friends too. So this, this should be a blast this morning. Um, one of the things <laughs> I think is really important is, let me back up for a second. When I first started doing what I was doing, the only people that were talking about golf fitness were Gary Player, David Duvall, and Tiger Woods. Now let's fast forward 20 years, and people are really understanding now the importance of golf fitness and, and why it matters and why golfers are athletes. You know, if you think about the golf swing, okay, the golf swing is a very explosive movement that starts in a static position. You don't get a running start unless, of course, you're, you know, Happy Gilmore. And and, you know, to prepare the body for the explosive movement of the golf swing or even to prepare the body for um, the, the physical um, demands of even putting is really important. And you mentioned something that, you know, for a lot of people in North America right now, the season might be, because the weather's been so bad, the season might be just starting. And if you, you were not fortunate enough to be preparing for the season during the winter months, which is really important, um, and you're just getting out there and you're just starting. Um, I, I think it's, it, it's critical to, if at a minimum, to be warming up before you go out to play. 10 to 15 minutes of dynamic movement can create um, you know, tremendous benefits. You want to be warmed up on the first tee and not the fourth tee. Right, well said. Um, now, Karen, you, of course, uh, are the creator of, of Cardio Golf. Uh, which obviously focuses a lot on the cardio side. And a lot of people might think, you know, we're not doing wind sprints out here on the golf course, uh, but cardio is also important. So maybe uh, sort of have an opening statement for you as well, just to talk a little bit about the importance of cardio and why, uh, why it is important to the golf game. Sure. Well, first of all, I just want to, um, you know, everything that Catherine said is so important about how the, um, you know, contrary to popular belief, a lot of people don't really think that golf is a, a highly physical form of, of um, you know, a sport, and it really is. Um, just last week I was playing in the BMW um, Celebrity Pro-Am, and every single one of those players out there are doing something 
in order to maintain or create that club head speed. And, you know, professional golfers know the importance of athletic development for golf, but as a recreational player, we might not have time to, um, you know, train like an elite athlete, and which is one of the reasons I created Cardio Golf. So Cardio Golf is sort of a way to kill two birds with one stone. You know you need to exercise for better health. I mean, every, you're living under a rock if you don't know how good physical exercise is, is for you. Obviously, it helps prevent disease, and it helps us maintain our flexibility and our ability to do functional things during the day. So, you know, cardio golf is a way to get some exercise and practice your golf swing at the same time. So it's sort of a time saver. And it's just so important um, to build that endurance and that flexibility, and not just for golf, but, you know, just for everyday living in order to maintain our lifestyles and be active, you know, for the rest of our lives. Right. Uh, well said again. Um, you, you couldn't have, both of you just really hit it to the nail right on the head. Uh, I think a lot of people look at golf and they say, well, you're, you know, you're swinging a golf club and you're hitting a golf ball. You're not, you know, you're not really engaging. Uh, it's not like you're tackling the other, the other uh, players and you're foursome and you're not running down the fairway, so they don't really understand the importance uh, of maintaining a good physical uh, condition. Um, Cindy, I, I know that you've got some questions there as well. I mean, you know, the purpose, of, of, again, of this program is to share with the audience, but also gives Cindy and I an opportunity as teacher professionals to maybe draw out a few nuggets from both of you to, to maybe pass on to our students. That's not necessarily saying we're going to uh, necessarily engage them in a physical uh, uh, regiment of, of training, uh, of golf fitness training, uh, but it would be a, a good idea for us to point them in the right direction. So, Cindy, if you've got some questions for either of the ladies uh, or both, uh, go ahead. I want to ask both of you, and Karen, I'm going to have you go first. What is one simple thing that our students and listeners could do that would help them be better prepared to play? Yeah, that's a great Oh, hey. <laughs> you know, um, that's a great question. I would say... One simple thing, and Catherine brought it up, is to warm up before you go play or practice. Um, you know, like she said, golf starts in a static position, and then you have to swing up to speeds of, you know, 100 miles an hour. So you really need to prepare the body. But, you know, one of the things that I stress with my program is simply taking practice swings. You know, our practice swings are usually smoother, longer, um, a little bit better tempo than our regular swings. And um, what I've done with my cardio golf program is I've developed this little short practice club. I call it the shorty. And it's short for a couple of reasons. The club face is closer to the handles, um, so you can monitor the club face position, which a lot of people have no idea where their club face is, which is why they hit air in shots. It's a little bit lighter, so you can swing faster. And obviously, you can swing it indoors, so you can, you can practice anywhere. But simply taking practice swings will really help you develop feel and um, and tempo, uh, so when you get on the golf course, you know, you can, you can maintain that. Where people go wrong is that they go like a whole, maybe a whole week, a whole month, a couple of months without playing or practice, practicing, and then they go out and they hit balls for two hours or they go play and they wonder, you know, why their swing is not consistent. So in order to be consistent, you need to do something consistently. So I always tell people it's better to practice something for five minutes every day than wait till you have two or three hours to go bang balls. So simply taking practice swings would be a great way to help um, your golf swing. Awesome. And Catherine? Perfect. Well, first of all, I love what Karen just said, is 
you know, you, you have to get out there and do something even just five minutes a day or just some practice wings is great. Her cardio golf program is phenomenal. And one of the things that I always go back to is training for the sport. But again, as Karen said, you know, we're also helping golfers train for life. But back to your question, Cindy, which is what is one thing people can do? So I always go back to the kinematic sequence of the golf course, right? So we know with three-dimensional motion analysis, this is, this is science. This is, you know, I'm not teaching golf. This is science. That the golf swing starts in the feet, moves to the hips, to the thoracic spine, shoulders, hands, and out to the club at the top of the backswing. The downswing for an efficient, effective, consistent, repeatable swing should start in the feet, hips, T-spine, shoulders, hands, club. So when I'm training my golfers or I'm giving them some advice of what they can do if they have just a few minutes is to warm up the body with the kinematic sequence in mind. So the first thing is to just maybe, you know, roll the ankles around, feel the connection to the ground, you know, start with that. Then start to warm up the hips, doing some hip rotation, trying to move the hips in three planes of motion, you know, warming up the knees and the hips. Then go to the thoracic spine. Yes, you can put a club behind your head. And, and, you know, do a, do a couple of rotations. And then back to Karen's point, you know, take the club and just have a nice couple nice fluid practice swings, something to get the nervous system to wake up. And I just wanted to add something to what Karen, or what, Cindy, what you said or, and Karen said, is that golf is a sport where you need to instantly turn on the nervous system to create explosive movement. But then you need to instantly turn off the, the nervous system as you're walking between shots. So really, you know, golfers in some ways should almost be training like sprinters, creating that ability to turn everything on very quickly and turn everything off. But again, start with the ankles, go to the knees, go to the hips, the thoracic spine, shoulders, and hands. Awesome. Well said, lady. Well said, ladies. Um, Cindy, you have another one, or, or do you want me to go back? No. Go ahead. Um, you, you both touched on, obviously, um, getting ready, whether it be stretching and things like that. What are some common mistakes that both of you uh, see? This time, uh, Catherine, we'll start with you, and then Karen, uh, maybe you can uh, touch on more with the, with the swing side of things. What are some of the common errors that you see people uh, doing when they're getting ready to go out and play? What don't they do? What should they be doing? And what's a definitely a no-no when getting ready to, to, to prepare for uh, playing a round of golf uh, in order to warm up? What are some things that they could be doing and what things shouldn't they be doing? Uh, Catherine, you go first. Well, the one thing they shouldn't be doing is not preparing. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. Um, right. I, and and I, I think, again, you know, I have this saying, Ted, which is adherence over duration is the most important thing. So when people say, well, you know, I don't have two hours a day to work out to, you know, to play better golf, uh, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years, and I don't spend two hours a day doing it. But even if you just focus on 15, 15 minutes a day or 10 minutes before you get to the course or five minutes on the practice tee is exactly what you need to be doing. And I think the thing, too, is, is you know, when I look at training my athletes and my golfers, and again, to Karen's point, we're training them to play better golf. But, you know, when I, when, when I have a client that comes to me and says, I'm losing distance, I can't turn the way that I used to, which is something I hear every single day. 
And they're able to hit the ball further and to play pain-free, but to also be able to pick up their grandkids or stand on one foot to put their socks on or not have to use the rearview mirror to to take the car out of the driveway because they can actually rotate their torso to do it, then I think, you know, what we're doing is we're not just impacting golf, but we're impacting life. Right, right, exactly. Um, You know, Karen, just to to add a little bit, um, you know, Catherine brings up a very interesting point about wanting to increase power. You talk about, I know I've been on your website many times, and you talk about uh, not just flexibility and and stability and things like that, but power and strength. What can golfers do based on the question I just asked? You know, what should they be doing? What shouldn't they be doing? How can they help to increase some of that power and strength by doing some of the right things and avoid doing some of the wrong things that are going to zap them of that power and strength? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. Well, I'll focus a little bit more on the golf swing. Um, So, um, the best way to get your power, um, whether you train physically you know, or not, is to hit the ball in the center of the club face. You get your maximum distance hitting the sweet spot. And, of course, clubs nowadays have bigger sweet spots, but everyone knows that your shot that you hit in the middle of the club face feels really easy and it goes a lot farther. For every quarter of an inch you hit outside the center of the club face, you lose like 12 yards of distance. So simply focusing on that, and that means – making sure that your grip is correct, making sure your club face is square. And, you know, I don't see a lot of people um, really working on that, and especially when they're warming up. You know, I see them taking practice swings or doing, it's called a pivot drill, where you put the club behind your back and you you turn. Mm -hmm. People do that standing straight up, so their shoulders are going flat. Well, you're not going to hit the center of the club face if you have a flat swing. Or they're taking practice swings, and one divot is two inches behind where the ball would be, or they swing and they hit, um, you know, just air. Um, so you've got to focus on where the bottom of your swing is. So pick out a piece of grass or a piece of dirt or a tee and try to focus on making contact with that. Um, people really don't focus on that club face position, which is one of the reasons um, I have that little shorty practice club, to make sure people know that their grip is correct and to make sure that that club face is in a correct position throughout the entire swing. Um, ben Hogan said that the best golf psychologist in the, in the world is a square club face. So basically, if you work on your grip and your club face, you would hit the ball in the center of the face, and you know, you'd get your maximum distance. Ted? Right, right, exactly. Ted? Yes. I just wanted mm-hmm. to make a, a, um, a comment about power. Um, there's a really great um, Twitter feed by body, by body track, the company that it's a, it's a force plate and it's Rory talking about how he uses right. the ground to generate power. I work with that. I work on that with my athletes all the time. And this is just a, a, a quick drill to, to help the listeners learn how to use the ground. So in yoga, we call it a chair pose. So what you do is you just stand with your feet about hip width apart and you imagine what the ground is like, you know, about a foot below your feet and you sit back down like you're sitting in a, in a small chair, a short chair and you take a big breath in and as you exhale, you start to straighten your legs, but you're pushing into the ground to bring your body up. So if you do that four or five times and then set your body into your dress position and then take a moment and feel the connection to the ground, 
that's a really quick way that people can start to generate more power. You know, I do this with my baseball players too. All great athletes know how to use the force of gravity to push against the force of gravity to create ground reaction forces. And once you can teach a golfer to do that, it's amazing how you'll see them generate more power. Right. Yeah, that's a great me, exercise uh, to warm up back. before you go play. Yeah, no, it, you're well said. Mm-hmm. Let me just say, say something then, Cindy, I'm going to throw it back to you. I, I want to add something to that, um, Catherine, because you've mentioned this before on, on, my pro, on the programs uh, about the connection to the ground. You talk about, especially for those that are, our age is, is sort of creeping up there, <coughs> that we lose sensitivity in the bottoms of our feet. Can you talk a little, just a little bit about that, why that happens, mm-hmm. what's actually happening, and, and how things that we can do to, to sort of get that feeling back? Because you mentioned that on a show not too long ago. Yeah, I think I'm going to be start to be known as the woman who talks about the feet more than anybody. <laughs> um, your, the feet are one of the most important sensory organs that you have in your body. And a, a lot of people, as they age, we start to lose what's called proprioception. Proprioception is knowing where your body is in space. And you see people, as they start to get older, they start they're, they're, um, you know, they start to get a little bit more of a kyphotic thoracic spine. They start to look down when they're walking because they're losing their sense of balance. And so what we're trying to do is get people to, un- to feel more, to, um, to cultivate more proprioception. Now, back to the feet and using the ground. The most important thing that you can do is take your feet out of your shoes whenever possible and walk on different surfaces. This is one of the fastest ways that you can start to get a sense of feeling the ground. So one of the things we do this in one of, in one of my baseball teams as well is part of the warm-up for the players is we have them walk on different surfaces barefoot. Like we'll have them walk on grass. You know, we'll have them walk in sand. We'll have them walk on small pebbles. Um, the other thing is to move the toes around. Like use your hands to physically manipulate your toes. And it's, it's really pretty startling um, to see how when people start to really feel their feet, how they can generate power and the effect that it has all the way up the system of the body. Yeah, and I think what's really I found very interesting the, the first time you had mentioned that on one of the programs, uh, you know, people really don't understand. You know, Jack Nicholas always talked about the importance of good footwork and there was a reason for that. It wasn't just a matter of the movement, but it was, again, that, bo- uh, that foot, uh, if you will, and ground connection that he wanted to feel and to be able to push off. And that's what a lot of the, the, the key athletes do. Um, Cindy, uh, go ahead. I'm going to throw it back to you. Why is it that we lose our proprioception? Well, as we start to age, the, the, the proprioception becomes less. It's an, it's an aging process. Um, but it doesn't mean that we can't continue to train to, to cultivate more proprioception. And the other thing is why this is important for golf, and Karen can speak to this because I'm not a golf instructor, but, you know, it, it helps to cultivate feel. And, again, Karen can speak to that more as it relates to golf. But the other thing is, so let's say you're out in the middle of the course and you're trying to have a sense of feeling where the club head is at the top of your backswing. You know, you don't have a mirror out there. Personally, I am at vehemently opposed to practicing any physical practice or golf using mirrors because, because what you need to do is you need to cultivate the body awareness from the inside out, not the outside in. 
And um, so practicing this proprio, these proprioception types of drills um, is, is very important. Another drill that you can do is, let's just say that you're in like a lunge position, right? So your left foot is forward, your right leg is back. In your mind, you think about where your back foot is, and then you lift your back foot up off the ground, and then you try to place it back down exactly where you picked your back foot up off the ground. That's another way that you can help cultivate proprioception. And I think, Karen, you should probably talk about that as it relates to golf. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Go ahead, and I would say um, one of the, um, the most difficult things about practicing that is that driving ranges are always flat. Um, so we're always practicing on a flat lie. Well, when you go on the golf course, you're hardly ever on a flat lie. You're on uphill, downhill, side hill, so we never get to practice those. So one of the things I do in my cardio golf classes is that I'm developing um, what I call the cardio golf slope. It's a little arc where you can practice your uphill and downhill lies. Um, and that's really important because when you get on the golf course, you're always going to have some sort of shot that's not a perfect lie. And you need to practice that way. So with the cardio golf slope and, and, and practicing in, in, in my program, you can practice that uphill lie. And I love uphill lies for a lot of reasons because most people have what's called kind of a reverse pivot where their weight goes towards the target or they don't shift their weight enough. When you get an, on an uphill lie, you're, you're angled, and if you're a right-handed golfer, um, your weight's going into your backside. Um, it forces you, so you're getting behind the ball, and most people hit uphill lies better than they do flat or downhill lies. So, and you can also practice those downhill lies. People have a hard time with those because they don't know that they need to stay with the slope and, and go down after it. So, um, you know, practicing, like Catherine said, with a, a staggered stance or on one foot or one foot higher than the other is one of the best ways to help improve your golf swing. If you're always just practicing on a flat lie, you're never really going to, you know, master that balance when you get onto the golf course. So one of the best things you can do is actually hit shots with different kinds of lies. Go find a side hill lie, or better yet, come to one of my cardio golf classes, and we'll practice those up and downhill lies. That's a great point. I love that. Great <laughs> Yeah, great point. Um, Catherine, let me just ask, interject real quick, and then, and then I'm going to throw it again back to you. Um, just on, to sort of further that point a little bit, is that part of the reason, because of the, the lack of sensation as we get older, why so many uh, have difficulty shifting their weight? Because they don't have that feeling or sensation uh, with, the, with the ground anymore, uh, or they're losing a lot of that? Is that part of the reason? Um, or does I, I that mean, add to many, the lack of, of proper weight shift? Yeah, I think, I think there are many components to that question. But for sure, uh, people not having a sense of where they are in space. Another thing that you can do is if you just stand in, you know, if you just stand in your dress position, close your eyes and just shift your weight forward to your toes, back to your heels, to the right and to the left until you feel it centered. Then, again, to Karen's point, too, is what I would do then is I would do that same drill on one foot and then, you know, and then open your eyes. And it just really gives you a sense of where your weight is and how to, and how to distribute your weight. Um, and if you can do this barefoot, that's even better. When you can, take your shoes off. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree really with that. Um, Cindy, go – sorry, go ahead, Karen. 
Oh, no, I was just going to say, um, so I, I teach Pilates. I've been training to teach Pilates for the past few years, and we do it without um, shoes, and it's really good to help articulate through the toes. We hardly ever work on our, our joints and our toes, our ankles, and when you do Pilates, you really have to grip the ground, and in golf, you need to grip the ground, so it's really important to take a nice athletic stance, kind of wiggle your toes in your shoes and feel, like Kevin said, the connection to the ground. We hardly ever think about like what our toes are doing, but you know, they're actually really important in the golf swing. You know, and if, you, and if you've got any issues with your feet, your toes, you might not be able to shift your weight correctly. So you know, working out those issues with your feet will really help your golf swing without changing your golf swing. Great, great point. Um, Cindy, uh, I'm going to throw it back to you again. You know what, girls? Have you guys ever done a school together? <laughs> We've only We're, been talking about it for 15 years, but we really need to exactly. make that I'll tell you what. I think the three of us should school together, and uh, we will definitely – that would be awesome. We'll do it at some great resort and bring in people from all over the place and help them not only get physically fit but be more – cardio-ready and hit the ball square on the middle of the club face until it goes further. Exactly. I love that idea. I'm in. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, we can. Um, Cindy, do you have another uh, question that you want to ask the ladies? Okay, let me let me pick it up then again. I think Cindy's having a technical issue. Um, so we, we talked a little bit about, of course, getting golf ready and and some of the things that you do in the warm-up and that. What are some things, Karen, I'm going to start with you this time, and then we'll, we'll bounce back to Catherine a little bit. Maybe she can shed some light. But um, talk about those players out there that want to generate more club head speed. What physically can they do? Are there some great drills that they can do to help generate more club head speed? Yeah, absolutely. So obviously being more flexible, more mobile, and stronger are going to help you generate club head speed. But let me talk specifically about females. I think one of the, um, you know, obviously we're, we're not as strong in our hands and our wrists. And so just practicing or getting stronger in those fingers and the wrists will help you um, get more club head speed because the lighter you can grip the club, the, the faster and um, that you can swing. So if you... If you're gripping the club very tightly because you don't have a lot of grip strength, then that's really going to tighten your muscles. So simply doing some, you know, squeezing like a, a rubber ball or doing push-ups or pull-ups, that really helps your, your grip and hand strength. And any time you can lighten your grip pressure, it's really going to help your club head speed. The lighter you grip it, the more, um, you know, you're able to swing smoother, more freely. And where I see a lot of women go wrong, and some men too, is they grip it very tightly, and the reason they say that is because, well, I grip it tightly because that impact, the club twists in my hand, and so I have to grip it tighter. Well, it's not right. twisting in your hand because your, your grip is too light. It's twisting in your hand <clears throat> because you're not hitting the ball in the center of the club face. So, you know, it goes back to right. that, uh, Ben Hogan. You've got to make sure that club face is square. So the, the stronger you are in your fingers and your forearms and your hands, the lighter you can grip it and the more power you're going to generate. And that's without working out and that's without changing your swing. Right. Uh, again, well said. 
And, and Catherine, you know, obviously, I know you do a, in in uh, yoga for golfers. You you do a lot of strength and conditioning uh, to not only just work on the posture and 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 good, uh, you know, helping with the core muscles and things like that. But that also helps uh, generate more speed as well. Correct? Absolutely. And to just piggyback on what Karen just said about tension, um, the 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 one thing that will slow down your swing faster than anything is tension in your body. So if you think about how a muscle loads, right? So you have to do what's called, you have to eccentrically load the muscle, meaning that you're stretching to the end range of motion, not beyond the end range of motion, which is what a lot of women do because they're hypermobile. But if you stretch your muscle to the end range of motion, that's how you properly load it so that you can properly concentrically contract that muscle to explode it to make more power. If the body has tension in it before you even begin your takeaway, you're not going to be able to create um, the ability to eccentrically load the muscles. So one of the things that I do, because, you know, in, in the practice of yoga and yoga for golfers is we're always talking about breathing and the importance of the breath work, not just from a physical perspective, but from a psychological perspective, but, as it relates to the physical perspective, I train my athletes. I say when you're, you know, you take your address position before you begin your takeaway, you take a nice long deep inhalation through the nose and a long, gent- a long slow exhalation. And at that time during the exhalation, you want to feel your traps dropping and your arms relaxing before you begin your takeaway. So I think that tension in the body is the thing that robs people of, of speed and power. Yeah, yeah, uh, again, well said. Um, let me just check, uh, Cindy, are, are you uh, good to go? I'm good to go. Forgive me. Okay, go ahead, Cindy. No, that's okay. Let's go. Um, no, I just, uh, I don't have anything right this minute. Sorry. Okay. No, that's okay. <laughs> um, all right, so, so <laughs> not a problem. So, Karen, let me, let me flip back to you real quick for a second then. Um, and, and let's talk about, you know, one of the things as instructors, and I'm, I'm sure Cindy has, has heard this many times as well, uh, a lot of our, our club golfers and even our junior golfers, they see somebody on TV, um, of course I'm talking about the professionals, male or female, that they most want to emulate. They really like Rory Swing or they like uh, one of their favorite LPGA uh, stars out mm-hmm. there. And there are certainly some good things that they can take from those individuals, but they don't necessarily want to emulate everything. Um, what are some points, if you were sitting down with a student today, let's say for 15 minutes, and they said to you, well, I like so-and-so, it doesn't matter, you can pick any player you want. They like so-and-so, they mm-hmm. like the way they play, they like the way they hit the ball, and so on and so forth. What would you take from that player? Uh, what information would you say, okay, this is some good points to take, but you have to build it around your own swing? How would you have that conversation? What would that be with your student? Sure. Yeah, that's a really good point. I use, um, I, I love examples. I love um, watching other players. In fact, when I was growing up, um, and this will tell you how old I am, there was a system called CyberVision, and what it was is um, there were two, three, three players that they considered to have like, you know, what perfect swings, and you would play. This is the old-fashioned VHS tape. You'd put it in the um, TV, and you would watch it for an hour, and it would just be. Um, somebody swinging the club, and so supposedly watching for an hour would be like the same as physically practicing. I'm not sure about that, but um, 
most of us are visual learners, so it's really important to have good examples. And even if you try to emulate someone, um, your body is not exactly like them, so um, you're, you're going to have your own style. So I don't think it's bad to copy somebody because you're going to give it your own twist, just like your signature has its own twist. Um, Adam Scott's a perfect example. He grew up um, idolizing Tiger Woods. He tried to emulate Tiger Woods. So Adam Swain's not exactly like Tiger Woods, but you know you can see he has a lot of the same elements, a perfect grip, a perfect setup, um, beautiful follow-through. His body's not the same as Tiger's. He doesn't have the same club head speed, but his, um, you know, that worked for him. So I'm all for picking out a player and watching that player and trying to um, you know, emulate them as much as possible. I, I think that's actually a, a good thing. One of the best things that you can do is go to a professional tournament and stand on the driving range and watch people hit balls. Um, you, know, you get the feel of the club head speed better in person than you do on TV. You can watch how they set up perfectly. One of the, one of the things as a teacher, and Cindy, this might um, bother you too, is when people practice, they grip the club, and then they hit a ball, and then they don't let go of the club. They rake the next ball towards them and hit it again. Well, when you do that, obviously your grip is getting tighter each time. So we just talked about how it's terrible to have a tight grip pressure. And secondly, you're twisting the club face, and you're probably not in the same position that you should be. So if you go watch the pros in person, you'll see that they actually stop each time. They have an alignment station. They stand behind the ball. They visualize it just like they're on the golf course. So go to a professional tournament whenever you can and watch these guys and girls practice, and it will help you tremendously. Absolutely. You're so yeah. right. I love what Karen yeah, just you're said. Exactly it right. really, brings up, really brings up the topic of practicing with purpose, you know, to not be going mm -hmm. out there and just banging balls, you know, to really hit every shot as if it's a shot that really matters, even when you're practicing. I, I really love that, Karen. Can I just comment mm -hmm. on uh, your question, Ted? Sure. Go ahead. Yeah. So I, it just reminded me of a, of a story. I had a client, um, his name is Charlie. He's 67 years old. And one day he walked into my office and he had the, you know, the Golf Digest breakdown of Rory McIlroy's swing. And, and he put his finger on one of the images and said, I want you to make my hips do that. And I said, well, Charlie, wow. there's a little bit of a challenge there. Uh, one is you're not 22, you're 67. <laughs> Uh, and, and you have more, you don't have quite the mobility and strength that, that Rory does. But my response to him was, let's build on what you're doing well and how we can make what you do well even better. That's, that's kind of my approach to that. The other thing I just wanted to add is uh, for the listeners out there that are looking to work with someone, um, it's really important that you work with a trainer that starts with a physical assessment. You need to really understand um, how the body is moving, where their mobility issues and stability issues, and based on that then to formulate um, a training program. I always start out, this, and this goes back to my chain reaction biomechanics training. The first thing that I do, and this is good for a golf professional out there listening too, is as soon as the client is walking towards me, I'm already assessing their gait. You can tell a lot about how someone's going to swing the, the club based on how they walk. And um, if you can cultivate that skill of assessing people with gait, 
um, it will tell you a lot about their swing. But again, I think it's very important to start with someone, a trainer that does an assessment on you. That's a that's an excellent point. Um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot you can learn. And it also brings to another point, and Karen, maybe you can touch a little bit about this, is we all have different body rhythms. You know, if you look at some of the players uh, over the last you know few decades, you look at somebody like a Nick Price, and then you look at somebody like an Ernie Els, they have much different body rhythms. They can both generate a lot of club head speed, but Nick Price, of course, is, is more of a very quick in, in his transition. And you look at somebody in Ernie Els or even a Freddie Couples that's very slow looking in their transition, yet they both, uh, or all three players, actually generate a lot of club head speed. How do we find our rhythm, and are there exercises or there drills, Karen, that uh, as our listeners are, are tuning in, that they can do to understand what their real body rhythm is um, and, and work around that as opposed to trying to speed up or slow down their swing to match somebody else. Right. That, that's a really good point. And tempo is something that's not really talked a lot about. Tempo is the pace of, of your swing. And like you said, some people have a quicker tempo. Some people have a, um, a smoother tempo. And um, they're both um, not wrong. They're both not right. I mean, it's whatever is to you. I would say one of the best ways – kind of get your rhythm and your timing again is to take practice swings and um, a really good drill I, I call this the, the wide takeaway drill is what you do is you would stand in your normal golf posture and then you're actually going to swing the club in front of you towards the target first and then start your swing from there and then go backwards towards the back swing and then pick up the pace as you follow through so it's sort of like a crescendo you start out smooth and then pick up the pace, and the maximum speed should be at, at impact, and then there's a little deceleration after, afterwards. Where a lot of people go wrong is they want that speed right away, so they swing back really fast. Well, then your body has to slow down to change directions, and then you're actually slower on the downswing, so you actually want it to be um, accelerate through the impact area. The other thing that you can do is simply take your practice swing and make sure you finish your swing. Where I see a lot of people go wrong is they, they stop after impact. The ball is gone, I gotta stop. Or they look up too quickly. So one of the, um, the drills that I do, and I love to do this with my junior golfers, is to tell them to finish like the girl or the guy on top of the trophy. Simply swing, and you're swinging as fast as you can in, in, within your tempo, and then you're actually holding your finish, watching where the ball goes. And so what that does is that gets your body prepared to decelerate and finish in balance. So simply letting that club hit you between or, you know, touch your shoulder as you finish is an excellent way. Um, another drill, and then I'll let Catherine add some drills, is to actually try to swing as fast as you can but stay in balance. So that way you can find mm -hmm. your maximum speed. But, you, but um, like I, at the end of my, um, my signature drill at the end of my class, is I, we do 10 practice swings. But the rule is, is you have to start over each time and you have to finish in balance. So what that does is that gets people's mindsets in making sure they have a good setup and good balance to finish in balance. But I have them swing as fast as they can. So when they get used to swinging as fast as they can, staying in balance, then hopefully that's going to translate to the golf course and they can keep up that same speed. Right, right. Um, Catherine, do you want to add to that well I, I don't teach golf so I wouldn't feel comfortable talking about 
tempo in their swing. But I will comment on Karen's um, discussion about balance, which I think is really important. And this is why the the kind of um, the the pinnacle of the programs and the the classes and the sessions that I do, and even in my in my um, instant videos, my downloads is we really start to work on training our athletes working on one leg. So as much as possible, I try to get my athletes to do things on, on one leg, to give them that sense of balance. And it doesn't have to be, you know, a big movement. Like one of the things that I love to do, this is a, in yoga, we call this a warrior three pose. Um, in, in the gym, they call it a single leg RDL. It's a Russian deadlift. And basically what you do is you're standing on one leg, but you need to bend your knee so you can efficiently load your glute, just like at the top of your backswing. So let's say it's a right-handed golfer on your right leg. And if you think of the top of your head to your heel as almost like a, like a teeter-totter, right? So it's, it's one piece. Mm-hmm. And all you do is you hinge your body down and bring your leg up while you're balancing on that right leg while that right leg is loaded and solid, and then you do the same thing on the other leg. I think practicing for balance doing single leg exercises is really beneficial for golfers. Yeah, I've tried that Warrior 3 a few times, and I'll tell you, it's it's tough. It is not easy, and it definitely um, helps uh, helps for balance. Um, Cindy, let me ask you something. I, I want to um, see if you maybe have a question for the for the ladies. You know, Cindy, you're going to be getting ready here to to try and uh, get into the U.S. Women's Senior Open, which of course uh, is going to be the first ever this year uh, coming up here in a little bit. Um, are there some questions that you have of the ladies that maybe you can draw from to help you prepare uh, uh, to to get into an event like that? I think, um, again, the dream or the mission or vision has to be important enough to create enough time. That's, you know, everybody's like, oh, I don't have time. I don't have time. Um, So I have an issue with my left glute, and I do massages every week, and I stretch, and I sit on tennis balls, um, and I'm feeding maniac, giving 50 to 70 lessons a week. What would you tell me would be, you know, like really, really important so I can stretch and use the ground better as I get old? Karen, do you want to take that first? Which one's that? Uh, uh, well, sure. I, I'm, I'm sure Catherine's got it. Yeah, yeah Catherine, go ahead. Okay. Well, first of all, when you say you have an issue with your glute, your left glute, can you be more specific? What is the issue? Is it fatigue or is it pain or what? what is it? It's pain and it, I, I've been told it's piriformis syndrome. Okay, perfect. That's exactly where I was going. So there's a couple things that you need to do. The first thing is to understand for, for the listeners and for you too, Cindy, is that when the hip flexors are tight, it weakens the glutes. And for most of us who, are, who have spent a lifetime sitting, right, um, we need to stretch the hip flexors and strengthen the glutes and strengthen what's called the posterior chain. So for the, the, um, the stretching of the piriformis, one of the things that I love, and Cindy, you should be doing this numerous times a day as you're giving 50 to 70 lessons a week, is just stand on, so it's your left glute, so stand on your right leg, cross your left ankle over your right knee, 
and bend your right knee very deeply and push your left knee towards the ground. So it's like a standing pigeon pose or a standing uh, figure four. Yeah. Okay, that's the first thing. The second thing is that last drill of the warrior three pose that I described, you should be doing that on, on both legs to strengthen the glutes. But what's really key in that exercise that I described is that your knee needs to be bent and you need to be sitting your glutes back. So when you're in that position and you look down at your left foot, you should be able to see your left foot. So your knees aren't coming over your toes, your glutes are going back. And you can do that in a dynamic way to kind of wake up the glutes. And you should do that many times during the day, Cindy, but you should also do it during your round. So I have a a golf professional up here in Canada that I'm working with. And he's sending me videos yesterday from from the practice tee. And one of the things he was doing was he wasn't loading his right side properly, and he's a right-handed golfer in the top of his backswing. So that warrior three progression that I just described, I said, I want you to do that 10 times and then send me another video. He stopped swaying to the right, and he was able to load his right glute just by waking up the body and the proprioception and getting that glute to fire in a proper way in 10 reps, and it, and it helped cure the problem for him. So that would be my suggestion. Can I – can I see hmm. where can I see the warrior three progression again visually? Um, if you actually, I just posted something on Twitter. If you go to my Twitter account at Roberts Yoga, uh, you can see it. Also, I have a lot of these exercise drills on my Instagram account, which is it's my other website. So it's human underscore the word performance underscore the word for, F-O-R, underscore sports, human performance for sports on Instagram. I'm, I'm, I'm posting progressions almost every day, so you can scroll through there and find that. Okay, great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to Very add good. on to that. Uh, Karen? Um, yeah, I was just going to say, I'd like to add on yeah, to that. Yeah, go ahead, Karen. Um, that's what Catherine said about um, having a physical assessment. So most of us have imbalances. You know, as a right-handed golfer, we're probably – um, you know, our right side is stronger than the left side. So it's important to know your imbalances to be able to stretch. Um, you know, if, you're, if your left side is very weak and tight, you need to be working on that side more to balance it out. And so that's why it's sure. so important, like Catherine said, to get that physical assessment. Um, you know, just be careful about going and um, looking at videos. You're like, oh, that's a great exercise, but making sure you know that that exercise is appropriate for you. Totally. Good point. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, well said, ladies. Um, yeah, I think it's important before doing any exercise, regardless of, of what it is. I mean, you definitely want to make sure you've had a proper assessment done. And I like the fact, you know, ladies, that you both have pointed on that about, you know, the importance of uh, really starting there first before you even take your first golf lesson and, and understanding your fitness uh, limitations because, you know, one of the worst things that I see a lot of times, and especially, you know, as we get older, you see some of the more mature golfers out in the driving range. You can tell right away they're not very uh, flexible, and they're out there trying to just, you know, hammer the golf ball out there as hard as they can. And more often than not, they're limping off the, the practice tee or they're, you know, holding their hand on their back or something because they pulled a muscle or two. Uh, they don't do any warm-up or any, uh, you know, pre-stretching before they do that. Um, in a perfect world, ladies, uh, I'm going to give each of you a few minutes uh, just to mention 
what we should do the second we pull up to the golf course, what should we be doing when we get out of the car and we get over to the practice tee uh, to warm up? What, what are some things that we can do right away from the get-go? Uh, and then I'm going to let uh, the two of you, as we wind down, um, just share your websites and so forth so that if people want to reach out to you and get more information. Um, Catherine, why don't you start off and then Karen. Well, I think, you know, I already kind of touched on this, which is to just start to get some mobility going in your body. Um, I just, I, you know, I can't stress it enough. And, you know, in, on our, on our, uh, my um, instant videos, every single video has a different dynamic warm-up that people can do either on, on the practice tee when they get there or they can do it before they get to the course. That just to remember that when you are warming up, you don't want to do static stretching. You need to do things that are dynamic in nature. Again, you know, the golf swing is explosive from a static position. You have to prepare your body that way. You know, I've been playing golf my whole life. I, I want to be playing golf when I'm 90. I also want to be doing yoga when I'm 90 and, um, and Pilates when I'm 90. And, you know, I, that's because I do something every single day. Um, and, I don't, th- I don't want people to get discouraged in thinking that they don't have enough time, you know. And so one of the ways that you can just start to, di- start to include that as part of your routine is to do it just like you said, when you, get, when you get to the course and you start to hit balls, just warm up your body properly. Get it moving, even if it's five minutes. Right. And, and Karen, what about you? I mean, obviously there's some stretching and things that, that are involved um, but before people really start getting into, and, and pra- as, as Catherine mentioned earlier, you know, practicing with the purpose, what are some things, warm-ups with the golf club uh, that the golfers, the club golfers can be doing? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. So if you go to my website, cardiogolf.com, you can actually download a PDF, and I have um, the cardio golf pre-round warm-up routine. It's sort of the staple in my program, and, and I, it, it takes about five minutes, and you use the golf club, and it's a standing warm-up. And I like the standing warm-up because if you're good at the driving range and, it, uh, you know, you don't want to lay on the grass where it's wet or anything like that. So you can use a golf club or a golf cart, hip swings, side hip swings, some lunges, some squats. Like Catherine said, a dynamic warm-up. You don't want to start with a static stretch. And Cindy and Catherine, you probably cringe when you see people put the club behind their back and they're looking up at the sky and they're doing this weird arch with their back and shoulders. And I'm like... That has nothing to do with the golf swing. You want to actually first warm up your muscles, like the joints that are typically tight in golfer, the hips, like Catherine said, because we sit all day, the shoulders, because we're at a computer. You want to warm those up, and then you want to do some activities that simulate the golf swing motion. Um, you, know, you know, do the action that you're going to be doing for the day. So if you go to my website, you can download that cardio golf pre-round warm-up routine, and I give you a little five-minute thing. And... Um, so everything that Catherine said, like, this is the Mutual Admiration Society. I mean, she is the most um, amazing person at explaining why it's so important to make sure that your body is physically prepared for the golf swing. And I've learned so much from Catherine. I've taken her golf for yoga program. And like Cindy said, we should do actually something together. I can't wait for that. Yeah, I, I think the three of you should get together. I think it would be a great opportunity and uh, I know we would all love to see that happen. So 
Um, Cindy, I think you're going to have to push these uh, young ladies a little bit and prod them to get them to do it. Uh, they've been talking about it for 15 years, as they said. But uh, I think uh, I think it's something that the, the golf industry would definitely benefit from. Um, just very quickly again, uh, Catherine, if you want to let the, the listeners know uh, how they can reach out to you if they want to uh, go to visit your website, where is that, and, and get in contact with you if they have any questions or uh, want some discussion about what we've talked about here today. Yep. Well, my website is yoga4golfers.com. And very quickly, if you go to the upper right-hand corner of my website, there's something called the Golfer's Profile. If you click onto the Golfer's Profile, and this is all complimentary, this is all free, you will receive a, a survey. It's basically just 10 questions that ask you, what are your strengths and your challenges on the golf course? You know, how much time do you do, you do to prepare? What's your fitness level? Do you walk? Do you use a cart, et cetera? You answer those questions, and then instantly in your inbox, your email inbox, you will receive five free video tips to help you accomplish what your challenges are, both on the course and physically. I encourage everyone to go to the golfer's profile and take that. Also, uh, we also have, uh, I think we have about 25 free video tips um, on the website when you go to um, Yoga for Golfers Fitness Series. And you can put in there flexibility, strength, balance, focus, posture, performance, dynamic warm-up. And all of that information is free on the website. So uh, we also have a lot of instant videos for sale. So if you, uh, you, know, you want to download one of those videos for purchase, and you can have it on your phone, take it to the course, and use it to warm up and also to train for golf. So also you can contact me through the website. I answer every single email. Most of the time I call people to find out what they're what they're interested in accomplishing so i encourage everyone to reach out to me i will get back to you thank you perfect and karen yes um my website is cardiogolf.com and instagram at cardiogolf and so yeah i'd love to hear from people too um like i said i have that downloadable uh pre-round warm-up routine and i teach live classes in um mooresville north carolina so if anybody's in the north carolina um, area. I'd love to um, have them come to the Pilates studio where I work. It's called 15 to Fit. Perfect. Well, ladies, we want to thank you for joining us this morning. It's been an interesting discussion, and I know we can't always cover everything, even in an hour. It's sometimes hard to get every uh, detail, and that's why we want them to reach out to you and, and you know, maybe get some questions answered uh, that they didn't hear this morning. Um, but we want to thank you for joining us uh, on this uh, special guest panelist uh, on golf fitness this morning. Thank you, ladies, very much. We appreciate your insight. We appreciate all the, the hard work that you do to um, help this industry and just to make it uh, more fun and more enjoyable for all of our many golfers out there. And, and uh, sincerely, we would love to see the three of you work together on a project of some kind. And uh, I'll leave that up to you guys. But uh, thank you again for joining us, Catherine and, and Karen. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much for having me. And, uh, Thank you very much. Our, all right. I'm stay, reaching out. Stay tuned for our upcoming golf school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Yeah. Sounds good. Have Ladies, a great day. again, have a great day, and thanks again for joining us. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you. All right. That was our very special guest panelist this morning uh, talking about golf fitness. That's uh, Catherine Roberts, the founder and president of Yoga for Golfers, and, of course, Karen Palacios-Jansen, uh, the creator of Cardio Golf, 
Uh, you can go to their respective uh, websites. Uh, for some reason, if you're joining us a little bit late in the program and you didn't hear a lot of the discussion, uh, go visit blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf and the recorded version will be available. Or you can catch it on iTunes.com, Stitcher.com, and TuneIn.com as well. Um, thank you for all the listeners for faithfully joining us uh, each and every week. We appreciate your loyalty and uh, we hope you'll continue to spread the word. We're going to bring you more great. Uh, uh, shows along the way, and we appreciate you for tuning in and stopping by this morning. So on behalf of Cindy Miller and I, I'm Ted Odorico. Thank you for listening to the Women of Golf Show this morning here on the blogtalkradio.com network, and we'll see you next week. God bless everybody. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Ted. Have a great week. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye.